0: do you dream of having time and money freedom are you looking for ways to enjoy business and life harmony or just to improve your business and yourself welcome to reclaim your freedom with your host shirley dalton in this program you'll learn from experts in business leadership personal development and mindset to help you create your ideal business lifestyle whatever that means for you and now here's your host shirley dalton
1: welcome 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 I'm so pleased to have your company. We have another amazing guest for you today. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom, and I'm your host, Shirley Dalton. Success in business and in life comes in many ways, and today we're going to be talking about etiquette, and in particular, business etiquette. Even the word sounds old-fashioned, and yet knowing what to do in a business or social setting is crucial for success. Today, we're really privileged to be talking with a fellow Aussie. In fact, she's a gorgeous Aussie, both on the inside and the outside, and you'll find out why in a little bit. We're talking with the Principal of Me Academy, Heather Bruce. Welcome, Heather.
2: Thank you, Shirley, thank you for having me on here. It's such an honour, and uh, what a lovely introduction. Thank you.
1: Oh, you're welcome and there's more to come. <laughs> Heather, you're one of Australia's most sought after modeling and etiquette trainers. You're a neurolinguistic programming practitioner. You work with students to open their minds to positively reprogram behavior, aid in personal and communication skills and development and you're the only person in Australia licensed to the prestigious Emily Post Institute of Etiquette and a graduate of the Finishing Academy of England. So maybe you'll tell us a little bit about that later on as well. Modelling. Modelling sounds like a glamorous career. How did you get started and what made you decide to create Me Academy and what's the meaning behind the name?
2: Well, yes, I did do modelling in my younger days, actually, and um, I was actually a little bit too short to be um, on the runway, even though I did a fair bit of runway work, but the course itself that I did um, was for three months. I don't think there's any other modelling course ever that um, was so intense, and it was um, from nine to three every day for three months, and we just continuously walked, and we learned all the, the acting and the... The makeup, the whole background of modelling, and I was just so um, immersed in it, and I loved it. And um, so I went on then to teach others how to do that. And I actually started um, Catherine McNeil um, through my agency as well. So she's gone on to be one of the top um, models in the world. So she's an absolute gorgeous girl. So that background did move forward, and and, and then. I started teaching modelling and then I went through and then became um, the grooming deportment teacher as well. So that actually came to me from a dream. So in one night, I think it was 1999, someone was actually sitting there and they were showing me a book of what I was going to do. So the next morning I got up and said, oh, I'm going to teach grooming deportment throughout schools. And from there I actually used that and went on and I had gone through a very difficult situation in my life and I found that that nurtured myself and my own needs and healed me and helped me move forward. And I discovered that when I was teaching with people in need, women that had been abused or children that had been abused, that it also had a very powerful impact on them and their self-esteem and their confidence. And um, I believe you asked me how the ME came about. Well, ME stands for etiquette, uh, sorry, modeling and etiquette, but it's also about self-care and self-love and respecting oneself. And you know, I believe it's the same on the airplane. They say when the, if there's in case of emergency, the, air, the oxygen mask will drop down, and you need to look after yourself first. I believe in life, you need to look after yourself first as well. Otherwise, you just you become so depressed, so withdrawn, and down on yourself that you don't actually have that energy and that passion to go on and help others. So that's where me came from.
1: Wow, that's fascinating, and and I'm sure for a lot of our listeners, they'll be fascinated to know that you actually had a dream and basically got a vision of what you are meant to be doing. I, I just find that absolutely fascinating.
2: I think it's um, someone I'm not – I mean, I do love the spiritual sort of aspect of things. I do channel all of my information that I need to teach, so none of my classes are actually the same. I seem to get a lot of information the night before – on what each class needs, and then I'll add and tailor the classes for for you know each person or each group. So, um, but someone said that's actually accessing my acacia record, acacia record. So it's your past and your soul calling.
1: So I love it. I love it. And uh, and as you say about channeling it, often when I'm doing my facilitation for my leadership programs, I have a core amount of content that we want to, to do, but I never get fixated on, right, it's, you know, five past nine and we need to be on this topic. Oh, don't ask that question. We don't cover that until day four. You know, you tend to go with the group. And I, and I love that you're um, confident to say that because a lot of people would say, oh, no, you have to have it exactly standardized And I think that's a really important point there—that you're you're actually using your intuition and you're using that ability that you have to tap in and then to be able to give people what they need. Yeah, um,
2: it's—it took me a long time to recognise it because I'm quite a perfectionist, and then—and then I'm terrible at spelling. I really am. And so the night before, I'd be doing all these printouts, and then the next day I'd be teaching, and I'm seeing all these spelling mistakes. And I go, I'm so gonna get better at this. And then I go, I can't, because it literally comes to me the night before. So I'm, I'm like you, know, I have the core structure and then I just add and I just and I'll be up to like two, three, four o'clock in the morning. I never get any sleep the night before a presentation and it's all just fine and I'm just working away and oh, I do wish it would come like a week earlier. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Last minute Lucy, I love it. <laughs> So today, Heather, we want to be talking about business etiquette as one of our topics. What's your definition of business etiquette, and why is it so important?
2: Oh, I, you know, I love the word etiquette, and most people think of etiquette as you know how you set the table and and things like that. But the essence of etiquette really is about building relationships. It's you know, it's rather than tearing them down. So. Etiquette is actually made up of manners and principles. So manners are, are to-dos and don'ts, and they give that really strong um, structure to someone that says, okay, this is how I deal with this situation, this is what is expected of me, and this is what I can expect others to do. And so that that gives confidence in its own when you have that, that knowing. And then principles is really, you know, um, respect um sorry consideration so it's about thinking before acting um respect and it's making a choice that builds rather than tears it down and then do it with honesty so you know think about am i being truthful am i being truthful to myself am i being truthful to them and and i also like to add contribution in there as well so doing it selflessly helping others and, you know, so if you're going to, to solve and build a situation, you have to give a bit as well. So i like to add that one in there as well.
1: Oh, I love it. I can remember when I was about fifteen, my parents sent me off to um, like a grooming and deportment school to to learn how to walk and learn how to talk. and and I you know I really did learn a lot. Even there was little things like the way we were meant to be walking up and down the stairs, you know, to sort of walk to, to the slightly to the side and uh, yeah, and um, there was a thing there where we would go to the movies and we were meant to wait until the credits and do you know that must be gosh 40 years ago and i still wait oh till God. the end of the credits
2: <laughs> do you know what i have so many mums and and women tell me the same thing they said and it's like one of their favorite highlights through school, if they did it through the school programs, oh, I did this back then or I did this when I was younger and I still remember it. So I do believe it's it's such a beautiful gift to give um, a child or, or put a, a girl through even boys, boys um, really enjoy it as well, but they do remember it and it's skills that take them right through life.
1: Yes, and uh, some of the things that I can remember learning was uh, how to introduce people and how to shake people's hands, you know, and this is what you're saying here about etiquette, the word you're saying is manners and principles, the do's and don'ts, and listeners, we're going to get into some of those do's and don'ts, so, you know, we want it to be very practical for you today as well, and those principles behind it of consideration, respect, thinking before acting and using choices that builds rather than tears down and then giving that contribution and um, giving a little bit to also enable you to have confidence. And I, I can remember one time when i just started a, a new position with the franchise organisation and we went to a conference and we were sitting in the, um, Queen, uh, the Qantas Club and as we were sitting there, my boss at the time said, would you like a drink, Shirley?, and I naively said, oh, no thanks, I will mind the bags. And he looked at me and he said, Shirley, you're in the Qantas Club, you don't need to mind the bags. And I looked at him and I was so embarrassed and I said, well, I'll mind them anyway. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, had I have known what to do, these days I just go in and out and I don't worry about it. But I think that's, you know, part of what you're saying there is the manners and, and having the confidence when you know what to do.
2: And not just that as well, is when you are in that situation and you are so nervous, um, and, you know, another situation example would be when you go to a formal dinner and you have all the cutlery on the table, most people's focus goes, oh, my goodness, what do I do? Where where do I start? Then all their attention goes on that and they become nervous, they become clumsy. And really, when you learn things like that and you learn how to handle different situations your attention then can go on to the people that you need to network with and focus on building those relationships rather than which knife and fork do I use or do I mind the bags or do I not mind the bags. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. And it does. It just makes you feel confident and, you know, more settled, just, just more relaxed. So you can enjoy the process rather than, find it just so nerve-wracking and so overwhelming.
1: And so tell me, Heather, how is it that we we need to learn it? How is it that we don't know just exactly what to do?
2: I, I think in – I mean, I think we've always had to learn it. I mean, you ask people – 50 years ago, are people rude in today's society? They'd say, oh, yes, it's very rude. You know, people are becoming ruder. And if you ask them now, oh, yes, everyone's becoming extremely rude. And I think that people nowadays have so much technology and are so isolated and cut off from communicating with people that we really now more than ever need to learn how to rebuild relationships. Our next generation spends so much time on their phones and devices, that they're they missing out on those on those beautiful opportunities to connect with other people. And then, as for business, again, people get so caught up in in doing their job and just going through the process every day that they forget that they need to connect with people and build with their clients and with um, with customers and things like that to build relationships to get people coming back. I mean, we all know. When we go into a shop, if you don't get great customer service, you don't go back. So it's very important that we need to learn um, how to build relationships, how to act, how to do introductions. And when you use them, you know, your clients and, and that really notice and they really respect it and they will come back time and time again because you made them feel good. You made them feel valued.
1: Right. Well, I think that's a really great place for us to stop uh, for our, a quick break. And when we come back, let's get into some of those things of what to do and what not to do. You're, stay with us. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom. I'm Shirley Dalton, and we're speaking with Heather Bruce. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash MindMovies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash MindMovies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea. Deal Business Lifestyle.
3: Do you want to get the media to notice you, your brand, or your business? Jess Tonfeld says it's easier than you think. He should know. He set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours. 112 different radio stations. He can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers. In fact, he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show. Just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve.
0: You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom.
1: And welcome back. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom. I'm your host, Shirley Dalton. And we're talking with modelling and etiquette professional and trainer Heather Bruce. And listeners, we promised you that we would give you the do's and don'ts of business etiquette. So Heather, what should we do and what shouldn't we do?
2: Oh, there's so many things we should be doing and shouldn't be doing. Okay, so first of all, one of the things that most people cover when they're talking about business etiquette is how to take, how to hand a business card. Now the Japanese have this beautiful way of handing their business card to you and they will hand it with both hands. So they will put the card in both hands and they hand it to you and you should receive it back the same way. So you use both hands and take it back off them. Don't just put the person's business card straight in your pocket or in your bag or wherever. Take that time to look at it. Now I don't know about you but when I designed my business card it took me months and a lot of thought and a lot of um ideas went into that took a lot of time and the Japanese are the same they're basically saying I this is my life this is my work and I honor you enough to give you this card and honor you enough to want to do business with you and that's how we should feel when we receive it back we should feel honored that somebody gives us a card because they're making that connection with us and they're saying "I, I want to do business with you I want to connect with you and, and all the work and everything else that went in behind their business and designing the card and, and putting the business together, that's an awful lot of work. So I think you treat that card that way. Take it in as if it's something incredibly special. Take that time to have a look at it. And what a great opportunity to make a conversation now. You know, you've got the card in your hand. Ask questions about the card. Ask questions about how they did it and then listen. Um, People love to be heard and so taking that time out to listen to how they did it, you know, say wow, this is a great card um, or tell me about your business. And when they're—and then once you finish that conversation and they've moved on, always put a little note on the card too so you can bring up those key topics again with that person whenever you do connect at a later date with them. But never write on the card in front of the person either. You know, have some sticky notes or post-it notes and do that after they have left but definitely make make them feel that you're so grateful for receiving that card and, and bring that up in conversation. I think that's a beautiful thing to do. Did you
1: like that one? I did, yeah. I did like that one. Um, a lot of people will just put it
2: in their pocket or put it down and I really feel like there's a lot of effort goes in behind that and it's such a, a, a great networking tool um, to, get, you know, to make that connection and build that relationship further. Mm-hmm. And the other thing too is remembering people's names. Um, I am terrible. I have very short-term memory when it comes to that auditory memory and I'm forever forgetting names. So you have to create a picture in your mind or relate it to something. So, you know, try and make a rhyme up with the name, whatever it takes for you to remember the name. If you're on a phone call, jot the person's name down as soon as they say it and then try and say it at least twice in that conversation so you know Shirley it's been really great I loved what you said before and then before you hang up you say Shirley it was lovely speaking to you so you know using that again but then don't go to the other extent either where you're saying well yes Shirley I've got that Shirley I know what you're saying and Shirley you don't want to over say the name too many times either
1: oh I hate that that. (laughs) That's, all, that's like somebody's been to a really bad sales skill, uh, sales school, you know, say their, say their name a hundred times and pat them on the shoulder. I'm,
2: I'm, oh, yes. We actually have someone in our office that, um, not my work, but the work that I go to, I have a part-time job, and um, the person there says the name repeatedly and I am yet to pull him aside and address this in a very... Um, non-offensive way I just want to address it nicely and and fix this problem because it really does does drive me crazy and and the person on the other end of the phone I'm sure as well
1: (laughs) okay so we've got some etiquette around the business card and around receiving it and being interested and asking questions and then making a note but not in front of the person (laughs) afterwards and then mm-hmm. remembering people's names and creating a picture in your mind so that you can have that little hook to be able to mm-hmm. re- recall that and and to say it at least twice in a conversation but not to go overboard with it.
2: Absolutely. And one of the little tricks that my partner and I do when we go out and um, he's, got, he's got so many clients and sometimes he will forget their names. or Not their name but maybe their partner's name. And so what he does is he'll just start conversation and then that's my cue to say, oh, hi, and my name's Heather. And so I get them to introduce themselves to me and then he apologises and says, oh, I'm so sorry, I thought you two had met already. And then that cues him the, the person's name that he's forgotten. So that's our little, we have a little scenario that we have set up <laughs> with that <laughs> situation. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm usually getting into trouble off my husband for not introducing and, and I I know better and sometimes I get carried away in the conversation and then he'll say, you didn't introduce me. And I say, oh, God.
2: Absolutely. And sometimes people will forget to introduce themselves. So, you know, feel free to prompt them and you go, oh, sorry, I missed your name. Um, And, you know, if you do forget someone's name, just apologise. I'm, I'm so sorry, I've forgotten your name. And it was and you know, they're more than happy to tell you again. So it's better than walking away going, oh, gosh, what was their name and forgetting next time. So it's always nice to just apologise and and let them know that you've forgotten.
1: It reminds me of one of the Seinfeld uh, stories where he forgot the girl's name that he was or he never knew the girl's name that he was going out with and it was so long and and he was (laughs) doing his best to try and find out instead of just coming clean and asking.
2: (laughs) What, yes, I remember that episode. It was quite funny. Um, yes, and, and what a lot of stress when it could have simply just said, look, I, I apologise, I've forgotten your name. It doesn't look good when you're dating the person though. No.
1: That's... no. <laughs> okay, so uh, was there another do? Um,
2: while we're talking about the phone as well, um, don't talk too loudly
1: on the phone. If
2: you're in a public place or at work, you know, if, if a, especially if a personal call comes in, you don't want to be talking about all your personal information in front of everyone. You know, if you're sitting on the bus and you're, you're talking about things like that, you know, just politely say, now's not a good time. When can I call you back? You know, I'd like to talk to you a bit more about this, but right now it's not the great situation. That's why I'll call you back in 10 or 15 minutes would we'll then be good. You know, that, that sort of thing. Okay. And, and I've got um, our staff doing this as well. I I do um, a multi-level marketing business as well, and it teaches you a lot about networking and communicating. And one of the things that we do is edify people. And I really wish that everyday businesses would bring this in. Edifying really means talk some, talk the other person up, talk about how brilliant they are, what their um, background is, what their skills are, and it builds confidence with clients. It builds confidence. when you're when you're building relationships if you say you know shirley's this amazing lady she's been doing this um radio station she is an absolute expert of what she does it builds confidence in the people that you're talking to and i've also got a rule now that what we do on our phone is when you are passing the phone through to the next person simply say Mr. Lovely Peter is on the phone, just putting him through now to you. And I always get them to say something positive about that person before they transfer the phone call through because you never know that you have put the phone correctly on hold. You never want to say anything bad about clients, especially when you're just on the phone. You know, there's a lot of businesses that they don't like their clients and they they, they go, oh, that person is on the phone again. It instantly puts you in a negative frame of mind before you speak to that person. So I think by edifying and, and um, staff and speaking really pleasantly about the person that's calling, add a, you know, add a positive word before you introduce them to or transfer the phone call is um, always uplifts the phone call and uplifts the conversation.
1: Well, there you go, listeners. There's something that you can implement right away. So whoever is taking your phone calls and passing them through, saying something positive as you pass the message through. I love that. And that's easy. That's easy to implement.
2: And never hang up the phone and start um, complaining about that client because sometimes you just never know. You might not have hung the phone up correctly. So and they may hear you, and that's a client you've lost. So very important never to do that, never speak badly about them. Fix the situation, don't take it out on the person.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Any other don'ts?
2: While I'm networking, this is a really cute one too. Um, while I'm networking and people are in conversation, so while you're building your, your business and you're going around to networking events, if people if you want to interrupt into a conversation, you can check their body language as well. If their feet are sort of tend to be facing each other, they're in a, a quite a serious conversation and you don't want to interrupt that conversation however if one of their feet is turned outwards then that is an open um body language to say that we welcome more to this conversation and that's when you can go and approach them as well so that's something that people may not be aware of
1: and and just on that too um one of the things that i've learned too is that if you are having a conversation with somebody in a networking event that you do want to be inclusive and so i've actually been taught to be mindful to have that open body language rather than the closed because exactly what you say somebody else picks that up then and goes oh well i can't go and talk to those people because you know, they're cloistered in this little conversation
2: Absolutely. So it's, it's really, it's really important. Too. And um, I'd like to say as well, how important etiquette is. Um, and people may not realise this, but your job can, re- your um, advancement in work, your, your relationship could come down to how much etiquette skills you have. Uh, I believe it was Michael Roberts, who was the former president and chief operating officer at McDonald's Corporation, Mm-hmm. He was looking for two CEO candidates. Uh, so he was looking for one, but he was down to the last two. And both had the exact same skills. They had the exact same experience. They had the exact same knowledge and overall appearance. Everything was down to these two final people, and they were so, so close. And he couldn't decide which one to go with. He actually took them out for lunch and it came down to their table etiquette on which one he hired.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: (laughs) So those little skills that you can learn can actually set you ahead and give you that leading edge. So it is quite important that you do learn this, especially in such big organizations.
1: Okay. Well, with that, we're going to take a a quick break. Listeners, go and check your etiquette and see what happens at your lunch table. We're going to be right back. And when we come back, we're going to be looking and talking about personal appearance. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
3: Do you want to get the media to notice you, your brand or your business? Jess Tonfeld says it's easier than you think. He should know. He set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours. 112 different radio stations. He can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers. In fact, he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show. Just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve.
0: Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash Mind Movies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash Mind Movies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea deal business lifestyle. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom.
1: And welcome back. So, did you check out your etiquette? What are your table manners like? Would you get the job? We're talking with Heather Bruce, and now we're going to look at personal appearance and how that affects company branding. So, Heather, tell us your experience personal. Appearance.
2: You know, personal appearance is so important. Um, people do judge you. You have seven seconds, and they're already placing judgment on you. So, how you could could
1: you talk up a little bit, please, Heather? It's just a little hard to hear you.
2: Um, personal appearance is really really important um people judge you you have seven seconds um to make a positive appearance and we all know when we duck down the shop in our daggy clothes you've ever run down the shop and you've got your tracksuit pants on and your stained shirt you guarantee that you will actually run in to somebody you know and instantly your attention goes straight to what am i wearing oh my goodness I've got stains on my shirt, I've got ripped pants on. And you start making excuses to why you're dressed like that. So there again, our attention and focus has gone on to what we're wearing and how we're feeling about ourselves right now rather than building that relationship. And that is the same in the office situation as well. When you dress up, you go up. I mean, that's the same. But it actually lifts how you feel about yourself. So it is a confidence thing. It does build your self-esteem, but it also presents to the company that you respect your job enough that you dress up for it. Even if you go on a date or anything like that, you dress up, it says, I respect you. I, I put in this effort for you. So um, I don't know if you know that in 1960, I think it was the first televised great debate uh, there in America where um John F. Kennedy and um, Richard Nixon were going to debate. Now, this was the first time it was going to be televised and President um, sorry yeah—President Nixon was very ill. He had surgery, I believe it was on his knee the week before, and he'd been in and out of hospital. He was on painkillers and he looked very ill where um uh, J.F. Kennedy, he was, you know, radiance of health. He had this beautiful tan. Now, on the radio, Nixon was leading the vote and the poll. He was leading on what he was saying. But once it went to air, and people noticed how sick Nixon looked, they didn't have that much faith in him anymore. They they felt, oh, I don't think he's well enough to lead this country. And therefore, it switched the voters to Kennedy. This is when politicians actually realise the power of presentation and how, how it influences people. So this impacts us on our business as well. So, you know, you really do want to put effort in. You want to have your staff representing your business to the best they can and you want to represent your business to the best you can as well. So presentation is very important. Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I think when we were uh, discussing this earlier, you were also talking about um, how that affects the customers too. You know, the, our personal grooming.
2: It's really a non-verbal communication, um, and how we say that, to, and how we and how we speak to people as well, as how we handle people. It all comes down to they're judging us at that particular time. So they they are judging out everything, everything you do. So. You know, how we dress, how we present, um, and how we come across to others is very, very important.
1: So just on that, say you have got a team member who's a bit sloppy. Have you got any tips on how we might have that conversation?
2: Um, I always like to do it, first of all, as a group staff meeting. So we talk about presentation, and therefore it's not directed at anyone in particular. Uh, and then if they still don't go through with that, then um, then taking them aside and Having, um, and doing it in a way that's non, that you don't want to attack them. You don't want to make them feel bad. So you want to do it in a really fragile way, especially when it comes to hygiene and personal appearance. So taking me side and saying, I've really noticed that you're, you're not meeting our dress standards lately. Is there anything I can do to help you? Is there something that we can do to make this happen? You know, do it from a, what can I do to help you situation. That comes down to the personality and how and how that person is going to react. Some people take critiquing really well and others take it to heart. So you want to be very fragile and, and not to offend them, but you just going to say, I really need you to lift your game on this. We've got big expectations on this company and I would love you to be that face of our company. So I really want to encourage you and help you in any way I can to become that person, to be that that representation of a company because I believe in you and I think we can do this. So having that really positive at the end
1: of it as well. Oh, I love that. Did you get that?
2: So having, having that positive at the end. So putting it in that you believe in them and that you want them to be part of the business takes that attack out of the situation. So it doesn't take it like, oh, my gosh, I've let the team down. You're giving them that encouragement. You're giving them that I really value you and I want you to be this person but I need you to step up and become that person. So it's really important. I mean, how we dress and how we present ourselves, you know, affects um, how people deal with us. We've all seen Pretty Woman. We've all seen that movie where she goes in um, in her hook of clothes and, and people don't dress with us. I don't um, want to connect with her, and then she goes in all dressed up and everyone's falling to her feet. So it really does have that impact on us as well. So it doesn't just affect how people deal with us, but it affects who deals with us as well.
1: Yes, and I really love the way that you put that there where you're still addressing the situation, so we're not avoiding it. Uh, You know, I need you to lift your standard, but saying that positive there about... um, how can we help you do that? I believe in you. I want you to be the face of the company. That that's gold. That that really is gold. Because
2: it makes them feel valued and they go, Wow, they, they really think that much of me and it takes that negative
1: out of it. I'm sorry, you're fading it.
2: it ta- yeah, taking that negative out of it really um, some people will go home and they just they just you know, goes over and over their head all the time, Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, I've let everyone down but when you put that positive in, they go, oh, they really value me there. I need to, I need to step up. And they, it sort of empowers them to go in and lift their game up as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So uh, we've just got a couple of minutes before we head to the next break. What advice would you have for people who are unsure of themselves and feel a little shy around?
2: Oh, I, you know, that, that just comes down to fear. So fear of getting out there and and meeting new people, and fear is a a big blocker for everyone. Um, You know what, just feel it and just that feeling that you get inside and you go, oh, I'm so nervous, change it. Change that thought to, you know what, I'm excited. It actually sets off the same chemical in your body. So fear and excitement, uh, the same chemical. So all you have to do is change your mindset. So instead of saying, oh, I'm so nervous, I'm scared, go, oh, I'm excited get excited and go and do it anyway. Go out there and meet them. And I used to have this wonderful little thing whenever I had fears, I'd get up and I'd do it and then later on that day I'd check and go, see, I have all my limbs. I didn't lose a leg and I didn't lose an arm. I'm completely safe. (laughs) And um, that's what I used to tell myself whenever I had to face fear and then I sort of kept building myself
1: from there. And I think it was um, Eleanor Roosevelt who said uh, regarding fear, you know, you must must do the thing that you're frightened of and it sounds like that's what you think. You made yourself get up and do that. There is
2: only one thing that you can possibly do to get rid of fear and that is action. You know, once you take that action, you have conquered fear. It's like when we were learning how to swim. And we used to stand at the side of the pool and and you were diving in and you used to curl up as tight as you possibly could and you'd sort of just roll into the water. And then you go, oh, that's not so bad. And then you get out of the pool and you just extend your body just that little bit more. And then you just go in. And eventually you got standing up and then you loved it and then you were forever jumping in. But, you know, you had that fear. But the one thing that got over it was taking action.
1: Taking action, okay, so for people who are feeling a little unsure of themselves or a little shy around people, then we're looking at it from the point of view of fear and the only way to get rid of that is to actually take action. So talking of action, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to look at manners, the time sensitive and many of them apply across cultures. Stay with us, we'll be right back.
0: Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash MindMovies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash MindMovies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea. Yield Business Lifestyle.
3: Do you want to get the media to notice you, your brand, or your business? Jess Tonfeld says it's easier than you think. He should know. He set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours. 112 different radio stations. He can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers. In fact, he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show. Just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve.
0: You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom.
1: Welcome back. Well, we've been having a fascinating conversation today with Heather Bruce. And we've been talking about business etiquette the do's, the don'ts, how to conduct yourself at networking, how to develop better relationships with people and how to be respectful and considerate. And we want to talk now a little bit about manners. Manners are time-sensitive and many principles apply across cultures. Heather, can you give us some examples, please?
2: Well, I guess, um, you know, probably 80 years ago when etiquette books and things were starting to come about, Women would have been chaperoned on their first date and, and you know, different things like that. So time has changed. So matters have changed. We don't need to be chaperoned on our first date anymore. Women have more rights, although sometimes I think we should chaperone. I think we should bring that one back. But, you know, different different things change over the time. So now we have to learn, um, you know, social etiquette. We have to learn email etiquette where years ago we wouldn't have had to know that. So it changes all the time. As technology changes. We have to learn new skills, how to deal with it. And um, so, yeah, that makes that time sensitive. Where the principles are always the same. So in different cultures, you know, like they bow. So the lower that they bow, the more respect they have for you. Um, Where we wave and shake hands, you know. So those things vary through different cultures. There's different religious um, things as well in there. I guess it's just keeping up with the times and, and dealing with new technology and new situations as they, as they come about.
1: I know when I was growing up, you know, um, if I didn't ask for something correctly, I would get into trouble. Mum would, I would say, can I have that? Or she would call me and she'd say, may I have that? And if I uh, said, what, I'd get into trouble, it was pardon, and and I still get on my husband's case about that now. And these are the little things I think that you were mentioning before with the McDonald's story where it's these little things that we take notice of that really make a big difference.
2: Absolutely. And, And you're right, people are so busy that we forget to correct our children, we forget to, you know, to re, um, to strengthen that those values and those um, manners that we do use, we we sort of just let it go because we're just so busy and we have so much to do in today's society. Now, where before um, women mainly stayed at home and they had all that time with the cooking and the cleaning and, and raising the children, where now most moms have to work and balance things, so we we tend to let things slide a lot more.
1: Mm. And just on that, you know, it's uh, it's such an important part if you're going out networking and you're having a meal. We had an occasion just recently where we met some people and uh, they were talking with food in their mouth, which is a big no-no in our family, and then they would get their piece of cutlery. Uh, their knife or their fork and they were waving it around as they were talking through the food in their mouth and I thought, oh my goodness, you know, I just, I never want to have a meal with these people again, it was awful.
2: I think, you know, eating is quite vulgar if you think about it, you know, putting the food in your mouth and chewing it up and people really don't need to see that, it's, it's not pleasant and people need to chew without making noise and you know keep your mouth closed it's it's very simple I, I I don't know how you can eat with your mouth open without losing food out of your mouth it still does my I still just can't get my head around it
1: <laughs> yes and, and I suppose there's a, a tip for our <laughs> listeners as well is that if if I go to a networking event well number one I don't drink um, I don't drink alcohol because I always want to keep myself tidy <laughs> But I'll choose what I eat too. I I don't want to have a plate of spaghetti and get that all over me. I'll I'll choose something. that. uh, And this is something for hostesses, uh, people that are catering as well. You want to have those little bite-sized pieces that you can pop in your mouth and be done with it.
2: Absolutely. And a really good tip too is to keep your right hand free while you're networking, especially if you have to stand up with your food. So there is a little tip that you can have the – plate in your hand and in between your fingers under the plate you can have your napkin and you should also have a little gap where you can put your your glass if you need to and why if someone comes over to shake your hand you've got your napkin right under your plate you can rub your fingers from your right hand on the napkin and then shake their hand and don't keep your drink in your right hand as well because you don't want to be shaking hands with a wet hand ah
1: wonderful wonderful All right, well, we've covered a whole lot of topics today with our manners and our do's and don'ts for networking and business etiquette. How about Heather Bruce and Me Academy? Where to from here? Well, at the moment,
2: um, I I actually actually took um, a year and a half off to upskill, so I'm just relaunching my business and I'm in the process of putting all my programs online. So within the next three months, we should have online um, programs so people can access them. But for now, they can contact me through my Facebook page, um, Me Academy, and also um, meacademy.com.au. So the links will be on my website as well.
1: Okay, so that's through your Facebook page, Me Academy, and then your website, meacademy.com.au. Remember the AU for Australia. Okay, so uh, one last tip, then, uh, Heather. You and uh, I love the story that you told me when we were talking before about how you teach children through dance to be able to know their knives and forks. Could you expand on that just in a, for a minute, please? Uh,
2: I teach um, mini um, mini manners program through childcare centres, so that's from three to five-year-olds, and we actually use um, our introduction, we use a puppet because children don't like to make eye contact with adults. So I actually teach them to make eye contact and they talk to the puppet and then they get to introduce their friends and then everything they learn is through movement because trying to get to our children's attention, we must involve movement. So the kids actually learn how to set the table and how to introduce each other. All while doing dance lessons. So it's quite a cute little class.
1: Oh, it sounds wonderful, absolutely wonderful. I'd love to have a look at it one day. I think it would be awesome.
2: I'm actually going to record um, a
1: copy for my granddaughter so she can take it home and do it with me while I'm not there. Oh, fabulous. Well, it's that time again when we have to wrap up. Thank you so much, Heather, for talking <laughs> with us today.
2: Thank you so much, Shirley, and your listeners for having me on today. It's such an honour. Thank you.
1: Heather, I've actually absolutely loved this topic. I think it's so important for people to be aware of how they show up in the world and how a little training in etiquette can go a long way. So, listeners, your homework this week is to take inventory. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 poor, 10 high, how good are your business etiquette skills? And I encourage you, as always, to implement what you've learned today so you can continue to create your ideal business lifestyle.
0: Thank you for joining Shirley Dalton and her amazing guest this week on Reclaim Your Freedom. Please tune in again next week for an inspirational and educational edition. Until then, be sure to implement what you've learned today to create your ideal business lifestyle. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here for the next show.